you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. Happy Wednesday, lover girls and boys. If you're here, kings, queens, everyone is welcome here at AG University. Today, I'm so freaking excited. Why? Because we're going to be talking about human design, which is one of my favorite, (laughs) probably one of my favorite topics of conversation, especially if I'm meeting someone new. I'm like, hold up, what's your human design? And usually they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, let me pull up your chart. So today I am bringing on Leah McLeod and she is a human design reader, podcaster, and content creators. She does a little bit of everything, you guys, and she is so dang knowledgeable. This conversation, when we hung up, I was like, you are so well-spoken. So I'm, I'm really honored that she shares all of her magic with us today because, wow, I learned a ton. She really touches in all about where human design, where the heck did it come from? I had so many questions. How do we get this information? We went deep there. She touches on every single design type and their strategy and authority and just really makes everything super tangible, easy to follow. She even kind of does like a mini reading for me, which even if you're not a projector, you can still hear what it would be like to have a reading. So I just think that's really cool. Let me be the guinea pig. Let me be the test dummy. So then you guys can also get a reading or check out her page. She has a ton of great information, a free chart. Um, If you guys have not done your human design, I guarantee after this conversation, if you haven't already done it, you'll be running to get your information. So without further ado, on behalf of AG University, I present to you guys, Leah McLeod. You guys, welcome Leah to AG University. I am so excited she's here because we are going to do a deep dive into human design, which I know everyone is ready for. Leah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to tell you guys all about human design. It's going to be so good. I know even before we started recording, I was asking her so many questions and I was like, I'm sorry, what are we doing? We've got to start recording. So I'm going to pick up where I left off before we started recording because I was like, where does everyone get the information for human design? Like I know I've, I've talked about the My Human Design app, but I need, I need, yeah, give us the backstory. Like where did it come from? Because it's just, it really hits. Yeah. So it's new, kind of, you know, it was actually channeled by someone in 1987. Mm-hmm. So this guy, he's from Canada. His name's prior. His name is Alan Crowlocker or Crowlocker. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he was in Ibiza, Spain. And it was like January 3rd, 1987. And basically this voice started speaking to him and he started sort of channeling this entire system. Um, and this voice uh, essentially told him like, you know, this is every human is born with this sort of energy blueprint. And it actually is a combination of all of these different modalities. So those of you new to human design, human design combines astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah tree of life, quantum physics and genetics. And so it's sort of this like very layered system. And so he was actually prior like an atheist and was, um, had no sort of connection to any of this sort of world. He just sort of had this like very spiritual experience. And, um, he now goes by Ra Ruhu and he actually passed in 2011, RIP, mm-hmm. but he, um, he, yeah, he, so he had kind of had this like sort of spiritual experience and started telling people about what had happened to him. And it's actually really crazy because he had gone on to like, originally he started feeling like he was crazy, like literally almost went insane and then started kind of sharing about it. And people were like, this actually makes a lot of sense and sort of like the resonance people were having and with all these different layers. And so he just sort of started to teach human design and, um, 
it sort of has had this trickle effect into the world and, you know, came over back to the United States. And um, it's really cool because he actually ended up meeting someone, I believe, in like Sedona, Arizona, who had the same exact experience on the same exact day and was like literally in an institution after and like was like, I literally had the same exact experience. And what happened was that's wild. Yeah, there was actually a supernova and a supernova is basically when a star explodes. And when a star explodes, there are these subatomic particles called neutrinos that sort of infiltrate the universe. And this is happening right now, like all the time. Like we have um, neutrinos constantly flying around us. And basically neutrinos, again, are like a subatomic particle um, and they carry information and light and mass. And so these are like something that have been studied by, uh, you know, astronomy and um, these particles are something that, you know, I don't know all the right terms. So <laughs> bear with me here. You're doing great. Yeah. They're sort of like these, um, basically there's billions of them all around us. And so when a star explodes, it just makes more and more of them. And so they carry information. So at whatever point and whatever it passes through, it's picking up. And so at this point in time on January 3rd, 1987, I guess being in this meditative state, and I'm not sure about the story with the other guy, but basically he was able to kind of like pick up on this information. And so that's really where the human design sort of comes from. And there are different institutions that have been created. Institutions is not the right word, but sort of organizations that have been created from um, Ra himself. So the International Human Design School, and there's like Human Design America, and there's a couple different ones. Um, I personally would not recommend either of those. They're very dogmatic in a way, but a lot of people have sort of taken the information and have sort of um, brought it into more modern light. And so, um, you, you have my human design app is a great example. Jenna Zoe is the creator of that. Who's like, you know, one of the, I would say world leading human design experts that's out there is she's kind of the person to thank for this sort of explosion of it. And then, um, yeah, so I actually learned with her and, and some of the other more prominent readers I've learned with. So those are, that's kind of like where people, I guess, get the information wow. uh, and people sort of have different language for it. We were talking earlier about, she was like, you were saying Austin was the, um, you were like the easy breezy genius. And I was mm-hmm. like, I think that's Jenna's phrase for the two, four, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, some people call it just like the hermit in, or sorry, the, uh, yeah, the hermit opportunist. And some people will call it, you know, different things as well. I call it the introverted extrovert. So everyone has their own sort of language. The introverted extrovert. That's really, oh, wow. I've never thought about that about Austin, but that's a really good way to describe him. Like with me, he's so extroverted, but he gets so camera shy on social media. Like I can't, I, I can't quite pull him into social media, but also I've, I've just let it go. I'm like, it's not really his thing. I'm not going to like force him, but it is when I live <laughs> in Florida and it's just me, I'm like, please get on my stories and be so yeah. someone to talk to or like by myself. And he's Girl, just like, I feel you with my partner. He's the same way. <laughs> You're like, hang out with me on Instagram. Cause I just like, will kick it, you know, like mm-hmm. getting on Instagram. I'm I feel like I'm just like chatting with friends, but it is fun when I can pull off. And sometimes he's in the mood, but I can see that introverted piece 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, have you ever heard of the book, Big Magic? No, I don't think so. Oh my gosh. If I saw the cover, I guarantee you, let me look it up. Big Magic. Big Magic. Yeah. Check it out. It's by um, the same author who wrote... Um, Elizabeth Gilbert? Yes. Eat, love, pray. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is yeah. that correct? She wrote eat, love, eat, love, pray. I believe I was about to say peace, love. I don't know where I was going with that. Eat, love, pray. And she writes all about how this idea, so she becomes friends with this author and they like, you know, whatever she's writing this book, Elizabeth's writing the book, the author, 
And this idea comes to her and just like kind of moves through her and she starts writing the story. Well, like three fourths of the way through the story, she just gets distracted. Life happens, whatever. She doesn't tend to the idea. So she goes to a writer's writer's convention or an event of sorts. I'm probably botching the story, but you guys got to read the book. It's so good. I'm not giving anything away, by the way. Yeah. Um, and they they meet this author and a friend of hers. They're like author friends or whatever. They meet in real life. They hug. From that moment forward, this author all of a sudden has this idea for the story and she writes the book and she sends it to Elizabeth. She's like, I'd love for you to read my story. And they had written the exact same story. What? Oh my God. I literally just got chills. That is so crazy. I always tell people uh, chills are truth bumps. Means oh, like I your, think so too. Oh my God. confirming truth. So anyways, I always, I do believe that there is an energy that visits us when we get an idea. And if we don't act on it or like bring like, for me, I have a book idea that's been planted in me like divinely. Like it's definitely pretty out there. It's not like, it is my information, but it's definitely influenced by, I think, you know, just like the spirit of thought. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it feels otherworldly outside of me, but Girl, you have to write it. I know I have to write it because I'm like, <laughs> shoot, because if you don't, that's why I always tell people, like, if you get a great idea and you don't act on it, the idea needs, it's trying to come into our universe. Yeah. And so the idea will find another person. It's literally like the spirit of an energy, like, okay, she's not doing it. And we keep you know, poking her, but this needs to be created. So we've got to find someone else that's going to create it and then it will leave. Wow. Isn't that? So it's kind of like how the human design, it's like the idea just like moved through him and he created it. I, I fully believe in, in that, but that's really cool that he was, he was like a non-believer before. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, one thing I want to just make very clear, human design is not a belief system or, and that's why I was like, you know, it's not really like an institution. Like human design doesn't say like, you know, this is what you have to believe and this is what you have to follow. Like it's not some sort of religion by any means. It's really what, um, the idea is, is it's meant to be experimented with. So human design Mm -hmm. asks you like, you know, this is the way that you're, intuition works. This is the way that you are designed to make decisions. And this is like the gifts that you carry. And so experiment with that, see if that shows up in your life. And, you know, from my experience, it works for everyone. Um, I don't think I've ever met someone that it didn't really resonate with or affect their life in a positive way once they started getting into their human design. But um, again, it's just meant to be played with. If it doesn't resonate with you, then like, you know, maybe that's not your system. Maybe like it's just astrology or maybe you're more into something else, you know, it's just another tool in your toolbox for getting closer to who you are. Yes. Well, for me, it felt like the ultimate permission slip because I really felt my whole life, I really related to the projector lifestyle, like very, um, I was just very daydreamy. I was very, I even think, you know, as a child, that like prophecy piece I was playing with, I think that I was just I was always kind of in like la la land and it got me in a lot of trouble. And it's eventually what ended up, I got prescribed Adderall and all these things that were terribly out of alignment with me because my gift was my imagination and my visualization, my creativity to, to bring vision to life. And, you know, for 10 plus years, it was suppressed. And not to mention, I was always really tired. My mom said I slept my whole, like as a baby, she would have to wake <laughs> me up to feed me. Like she's like, you slept 22 hours a day. When I was a kid, like I had to nap, like I really resonated with the projector, like even eating like frequent meals, small and frequently, like my little, like that's how I ate as a child. And when I read my human design chart, I had gotten so far away from that just through, you know, 
diet culture. I was just so far away from my original basics that my human design chart were showing me that I also did as a child. So that's kind of how I knew, like, my mom always told me I was like that. But then I just started pushing, 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 you know? So anyways, I just want to preface that for you guys. This is the a permission slip to play and to experiment. That's what I always say. Like, just play, just, you know, go along this journey and see what happens. It's not going to it's not going to hurt anything, right? Like it's just going to help you either become closer to yourself or you're going to learn. I think in anything that we do, like a challenge, you know, a diet or something like that, like we just learn something about ourselves. And I think that that's the mindset that is more beneficial when we enter anything, because I think when we think this is going to be an all or nothing, or this is going to be the thing, I think that's when we, we either fall off track or we lose a sense of ourselves. So I think the idea is that like, you know, these are all things just to experiment with and see what resonates with you and then, you know, drop what doesn't. Right. Exactly. Take what resonates, leave what doesn't. But ultimately for me, I think this was the biggest, um, I don't even, yeah, I always kind of say it's like, it's a, it's like a personality test and astrology, like had a baby. <laughs> yeah, know, like, yeah. It's, it's, the one thing that I really do implement into my day-to-day structure, I mean, I did make a major lifestyle change based off my human design chart, but it, it felt so right. That's why I tell yeah. people, like, you don't have to change your life. And it, it was slow for me. I was like, I'm going to play with this. Like, what if I prioritized rest more? Because projectors mm-hmm. need more rest. What if I did that and see how I feel? Versus I used to force myself to like get up at 6 a.m. And like, I just worked myself. I was so overworked. Yeah. And I didn't need to. I was like making unnecessary work. So anyways. Absolutely. Okay, so tell us your design because everyone on here is probably tired of me talking about my projector ass. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I've had so many projectors on. <laughs> You're good. I am a 5-1 generator and generators are essentially the most sort of common type. Um, and I can just give an insight into all the types for those of you listening who are maybe new to it. So yes, human yes, design yes. is this sort of self-awareness system. And based on the time of your birth, you enter that in and you then get this body graph, which is basically like your energetic blueprint of who you came here to be. And each person has an energy type. There are five generators are the most common type. And then manifesting generators are the second most common type. So generators and manifesting generators together are about 70% of the population. So a lot of you listening are probably in that sort of bucket. And the one thing to know about that is why they're called generators is because if you think of when there's, you know, bad weather and your power goes out, you plug in a generator. Like you plug that into the house, it gives it the power. Generators have this built in like energy reserve, this battery. And so they have this like fuel to work, this fuel to go. They're kind of like our builders. Manifesting generators take into account the manifester type and the generator type. They're kind of like a combined hybrid, but manifesting generators, they are people who get these like creative ideas and these like bursts of energy. And then they also have the fuel to go after it and the fuel to sustain it for a while. Projectors are about 22% of the population, which is what Anna is. And um, projectors are kind of like our leaders, our, our natural guides. They're the seers or the people that really see the world in sort of like this upgraded way. And then the next type is the manifester, which is about three to 5% of the population. And they're really like these sort of trailblazers. And they're the people that are really bold, unique. They have really big energy and they get these like massive ideas and they're meant to kind of follow them. Again, um, manifestors, something I like to note is that every type can manifest. Like, I think that that's something that right Mm -hmm. when people get into human design, they're like, I'm so good at manifestation. I'm not a manifester. I'm like, no, we all can manifest. Um, Mm -hmm. Manifestors are just called manifester because they 
can sort of, you know, trailblaze. They can like get to where they want to go really quickly. And, you know, going back to projectors, projectors are called projectors is because they have this like very penetrating, absorbing aura where they can sort of see into things. And, um, it's called a projector because it kind of projects onto other people. And finally, the last type, which is about 1% of the population are the reflectors and reflectors are like our mirrors. They mirror energy back to society. They show us, you know, who we are. They kind of give us this like gentle, non-judgmental sort of energy they re- that they reflect back from other people. So there are also kind of like seers, but they're really tied to kind of like the cosmos and the moon. Um, but yeah. Those are kind of the five types. And again, I'm a five one generator. The number is basically something called your profile or um, it's kind of like your personality type. If you don't know your chart, you can go to my website, it's the design of you.com and you can get your chart for free. You just have to have your exact birth time. Yeah. Also one thing, is there a way to find human design if, if they don't have their birth time? Because I have been getting those questions. Uh, fortunately, you do need your birth time, but if you don't know it, just ballpark. So there are going to be a couple things that are not accurate um, just based on like you have to have the almost down to the minute for mm-hmm. some of the more deeper layers, but the most important parts will be consistent throughout the day. So I think it's definitely still important to look it up. So if you know you were like, you know, after dinner or if you were, you know, early in the morning or something, um, or if you know, like a lot of people are like, I know I was born between like four and five, but I don't know if it was like 432 or like 445, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I would just kind of ballpark it. If you really have no idea, you know, I just always opt for noon. Um, but you know, some of the things that you can do to find out are to ask, you know, whoever was present at your birth. So a parent or, you know, your mother was there, of course. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can look at a lot of like older photos or like videos have timestamps. So if you have any like photos or videos, I would check that out. And then, um, you know, lastly, I would definitely like try to get a long form version of your birth certificate from your hospital. And the last thing you can do if none of that works is go see an astrologer that does like, um, I think it's called like recertification and they can like literally look at different times and they can ask you like, did certain events happen when, you know, in April of 20, 20- Oh, three did like a major event happen at this time. And they'll sort of like look at your astrology and different aspects to see like they can start to like tweak it down to the minute. So those are a couple options, but yeah, I get that question all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of my really good friends, she actually just requested her birth certificate from the hospital and she said it wasn't too difficult. So good. Okay. And that is an option. And one of my other friends was like, I'm not really sure. I just told her to ballpark, but um, I knew a few of the like minor little details because that is the thing. So I'm so happy you're here. If you guys are listening, you've ever looked up your human design chart. It is a very complex system. And so I find a lot of people will look it up and they're like, great, what does this mean? Like every time yep. I send someone, I'm like, check out your human design. And they're like, what the heck? <laughs> because it, it is, <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine for this man who channeled it, like it's, it's so like, no one could even make, no one human on this planet could even make the system up because it's so intricate and detailed, but also it's just, there's so much information there. Like yeah. it, it's really like, so, so anyways, you guys at least get the, in the ballpark range and at least know you're, you're a, a type of the five types. Yes. Well, and that will stay consistent throughout the day. So, and that is the most important piece that you need to know, because if you know your type, you know, your strategy and your strategy is how you can strategically use your energy to bring yourself the more aligned opportunities. And then your authority, which should stay consistent as well. Your authority is like your intuition and knowing your strategy and authority is like, 
game changer for life. Is really. So what is, what is your strategy and, um, or those two for you? I'll say mine too. Yeah. So I am a, uh, so my strategy as a uh, generator. So if there's any generators listening or manifesting generators, our strategy is to respond. So rather than like chasing after life or pushing or forcing things, we're kind of meant to just respond to what's sort of happening. Um, we're just supposed to, you know, things are going to show up. We're, we're constantly attracting things to us. So we have this generator motor that the more that we do things that we love, it becomes this like sparkly spillover of energy. And the more that we are in that place of satisfaction and doing things that we love to do, we're becoming more and more magnetic and we attract things to us and whatever is showing up, we're designed to respond to those things. So rather than like pushing or forcing and not to say like, if you have an idea or, you know, something that you want to do creatively that you can't go after it, but it's really about like responding to that idea, responding to something that's showing up rather than saying like, I'm going to go do this and then meeting resistance and meeting resistance, then getting really, really frustrated. We're designed to kind of just respond. Whereas like, Anna, you have um, your projectors. So you're designed to wait for invitations or mm-hmm. recognition. So what that means, if you're a projector listening, um, waiting for an invitation or recognition is about making sure that you're really invited in. Because I mentioned that projectors sort of have this way of seeing the world and they have this sort of upgraded approach to how things are. And so it's so important that that's invited in because projectors really want to give their opinion. They really want to give um, advice and they want to help other people because they see through it. Mm-hmm. And when people aren't ready to hear what they have to say, that's when that sort of projection can happen. And so it's so important that it's invited in because by you having someone say like, you know, AG, like what's your, um, you know, what do you think? What's your um, advice? Or, you know, they really kind of invite that and they recognize you. Um, it really allows whatever you're going to say to land. So, you know, it's also really interesting. I see a lot of influencers are projectors and it's not that like you can't be an influencer if you're not or, you know, vice versa. But I just think it's so energetically correct because you can think of like followers, subscribers, you know, listeners, all of these people, like these are all people inviting you in. They're like, I see you. I recognize you. There's something about you that I like want more of in my life. And so like, I'm signing up for that. So it's so like energetically correct. I always say, mm, so mm-hmm. works out. I know. And that's definitely something that I feel my whole life too. I'm, I'm not not a very, yeah. Like even with brands, like I've never been someone that really pitches myself to brands. Like they just kind of find me. And I think that sometimes people are like, well, that's annoying because there are other people that, you know, aren't a wait for the invitation. But I always felt like whenever I really tried to like pitch myself super hard, like yeah, there, there are times where I really have a dream brand or something and I really want to work with. I'm not saying I never reach out, but it never it was like they wouldn't get the email or it wouldn't happen or there was no link up. And then a few months later, when I wasn't doing the outreach, they would contact me. I'm like, okay. So Mm -hmm. I really just got to a place where I was like, okay, I guess it's just, I'm just going to sit here. And, and and this is the piece that I did learn. If you got anybody else here as a projector, it doesn't mean like you can't do anything. Cause that was kind of the thing. It's like, and and I would love for you to, to back me up on this. It doesn't mean don't do anything, but it's also like every single day, I, my job is to basically show up in in the most authentic way, right? I'm kind of creating this little like billboard for opportunities to find me. Like that's what we are supposed to do. Not just like, oh, I'm just going to sit around and wait for someone to invite me. Like 
it's kind of like we also have a little bit of like, well, let's create the invitation. Let's, yep. you know, create the type of content that would attract said sponsors instead of me just cold calling because that's not really in alignment with the projector lifestyle. Did I do a good job explaining that? Yeah, I love that you touched on that because so many times I hear people say, you know, I just, so I'm just supposed to wait around for life to happen. Like recently, and this wasn't recently, this was like probably a year ago, but I had someone say to me, like, I hate being a projector and I hate, they were dating and they're like, it's like, I have to wait for people to invite me on dates all the time. And they were giving an example from a dating app. They're like, so I'm just supposed to like wait for everyone else to invite me. And I was like, no, if you're on a dating app and someone swipes and you swipe, they recognize you. That is an invitation. It's an energetic thing. So it's not like it has to be signed, sealed, delivered, mailed to you. It's more like an energy thing. So here's a great example is like when you're in a group conversation and they're, you know, ever we're having a conversation and, you know, one of the things that I always tell projectors is that you can sort of like, you know, hack the system, which hack isn't the right word, but like, if you would like to see if you are invited or recognized, why don't you just ask? So for example, Anna, you may say like, do you guys want to know what I think? Do you want to know what my opinion is? Or do you want to know my thoughts? And there's going to be a difference if someone is going, yeah, or if someone's going, sure. You know, like the energy is either there, it's not. And so it's kind of noticing where you're really recognized, who is inviting you in. And invitations can be plans. It can be energetic things. And, you know, the number one thing is for projectors, it's not when you are um, like, you don't have to invite yourself to do things. It's when you're working with other people that the invitations um, suit you best. It really just sets you up for success. And so it's just so important to know that you don't need an invitation to do everything. It just matters, especially when you're working with someone else. What about uh, strategies for our manifestors, our reflectors? Yeah. So the strategy for a manifester is to inform, which, you know, always kind of seems like the easiest strategy, but it's always really difficult for a manifester. And, and this is why it is. And I should say too that so your strategy and, and authority are like that bread and butter to using your human design. And everyone's goes strategy than authority besides manifestors. They actually go authority than strategy. So what I mean by this is like manifestors, they get these like creative bursts and these urges to go after something. And before they sort of sort of go after it, they have to tune into their authority. Authority is basically a fancy word for intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called authority because it's the thing that has the power, right? Like authority is like, you know, uh, uh, you think of like a principal or a boss or a teacher or a parent, you know, whoever's an authority figure in your life, human design returns the authority to you. It reminds you to get back into your body and listen to your intuition. Mm-hmm. And so for a um, manifester, it's like when they get this creative idea, it's really important that they go into their intuition and just quickly to go over all of these different intuitions that people can have. So people can have emotional authority, which is the most common type around. Um, they have to really kind of like feel through their decisions over time. Um, you could have gut authority, which is um, only for generators or manifesting generators, which is simply like they have really strong gut feelings mm-hmm. and they're designed to follow that. Um, and they know in the moment. And then some people have instinctual authority, which is what you have, which is about like getting like random instincts, spontaneous, random, like revelations or, um, sort of like epiphanies. It's like, okay, I have to go act. I have to go do this thing without like knowing why. Um, it's sort of like a survival mechanism. And then some people, they're like designed to make decisions through if their heart is in something or not. They have the will to do it. Some people, it's like being a sounding board. They have to kind of bounce their ideas and voice them with others. 
And then, you know, other people, it's like they have to feel through things in their environments or around other people or through like the different lunar cycles. So everyone has like a unique authority. It's just a fancy word for your intuition. And so for going back to the manifestor piece, so what they're supposed to do is like when they get these like creative bursts or this like energy surge, it's like, okay, is this something that I should do? Do I, should I sleep on this? Should I, um, you know, if, depending on what their authority is, they have to kind of tune into their intuition. If their intuition says yes, then they go to their strategy and they have to inform anyone that that decision affects and say, this is what I'm going to do. And manifestors struggle with this because they become people pleasers and they really like, they don't like to tell people because they think that people are going to get in their way or they're going to like try and be involved. And um, it's really not always the case. It's so important. They just tell people because they can actually get to where they want to go a lot faster. So they're about informing people. And finally, reflectors is to wait a lunar cycle. I actually think they operate very similarly to projectors where like it's really important that they're included or invited in. I think that that serves them really well. Um, but also it's really nice when they give themselves time to feel through things. So, um, why lunar cycles are so important is because, you know, when we have a 28 day moon cycle, they can feel into the energy that's sort of circulating and decide if something still feels right. Of course, like there's going to be decisions that you make that, you know, can't, you can't give yourself 28 days to make every decision. But with bigger decisions, it's really important just to kind of like give yourself the time. I have one of my best friends, her husband is a reflector and we always joke because he is the slowest moving human, but like (laughs) the sweetest, best guy, like the guy that everyone looks to for guidance, you know, like, but it's just so funny because she's like, he's just waiting on the moon cycle. You know, (laughs) she's like, he's on the lunar plan. Like he moves so slow because she's got that generator spice to her. Oh, wow. Um, I love that. They should sleep separately if they don't already. (laughs) I know because the... the, You too. I know me and Austin. Austin's generator juice is infiltrating my projector slumber. (laughs) I know that would just make me so sad, but I do hear a lot of people say that that in human design, if, if you're a non-energy type next to an energy type, you would mm-hmm. sleep better separately. Wait, what is your partner? He's a generator. So you guys are just freaking, y'all are just generating all night long. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because I actually, so kind of when you look at two charts, the centers, which are just the shapes, if someone has one of them colored in and the other person doesn't, they sort of like overlay. And so for us, the only center that we sort of overlay within each other is that I have a defined ego and he doesn't. So I actually like, he doesn't add any more like, you know, energy center energy to me. He just adds like, I basically just give him an ego. (laughs) So if anyone is going to have trouble sleeping, it's going to be him, but um, I actually sleep okay with him. But you know, again, human design is an experiment, play with that and see what works for you. Like I know a projector and a generator who, um, like a human design reader who's pretty prominent. She's like, me and my husband, we like to sleep together. She's like, we have a guest room if like, you know, we can't sleep or something, but do what works for you, right? Yeah. Well, I, I will say there are times where if Austin is can't sleep or something, and I try not to like hurt his feelings, that I'm like, you don't understand. Like it really, like I'm really sensitive to other people's energy more so than he is, obviously, because all of yeah. my centers are open, literally. Yeah. Um, I know I would actually, that's really interesting. I'm going to have to like put our charts side by side. I've never really thought to like look at them in comparison. I mean, I've done that obviously in astrology, like, you know, they say like, well, this is your compatibility, but I also take that stuff pretty like lightly. Austin's, mm-hmm. he can't, he's not interested. So it's not, it's not fun. 
Yeah. He's <laughs> just like, whatever. No, I resonate so much with what you were saying though. Cause so before we started recording, we were talking about how um, Anna was saying on Instagram that she gets people who or were like asking her about sort of like, is your you know partner interested in what you do? And you were saying like, you know, not really. And I'm the same way. Like my partner is like, you know, he's like supports me and loves what I do, but it's not like he's, you know, interested in human design. Like that's just, you know, he likes sports, you know, that's his Mm -hmm. thing. Like he's interested in the games that are on and, you know, he likes movies and different things. And, you know, I don't care about that stuff. I care about human design and energy work. So, you know, everyone kind of has their own interests. (laughs) So I love what you were saying just about like, you know, just different interests that people have. Um, so it's like, you know, it's not fun to like force someone into something. Like, I know it's not fun for him to be like, do you want to watch this game? I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) not really. We're we're big sports people over here. Cause (laughs) Zane, Zane's 11. He's going to be 12 soon. And so he's, he's like, we're, we're we're actually flying today to a basketball game. We surprised him and got, um, we got him courtside, uh, tickets to see his favorite sports team. And I mean, you literally would have thought it was Christmas all over again. And it's just so oh funny. Oh my gosh. I love that. I know. I'm just like, I'm along for the ride, but it, we do have, you know, very, <laughs> very different interests. But, but I also do, I think it works because think about it, if you had a partner that was into human design, you, y'all probably just talk about human design until you're both blue in the face. Like it would, oh my it, God. <laughs> be like so yeah Austin's like yeah I'm pretty sure if we weren't dating you'd just be some like a Kashuk Records weirdo because I just am like so passionate I'm just like yeah. also also I'll be like you never believe what I learned in the Akashic Records today and he's like babe I, don't, I still don't understand how it works like yeah and I'm just like God. And, I'm, and then I'm like you know what this is why I have a podcast because yeah if I think if I was telling Austin maybe I'd be satisfied but I need someone to like share my excitement <laughs> One hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I've never like met you before because I feel like even just us meeting today, I feel like a resonance with you so much. You like I don't know what it is, but something about you, I'm like, I could be your best friend. <laughs> Literally, no, you guys listen to the weirdest synchronicity that happened before we got on the mic. Okay. The universe is always freaking winking at me. So <laughs> Leah takes a sip of are you drinking coffee? Matcha. Matcha. Okay. <laughs> me too. I'm also drinking matcha right now. Oh my gosh. So, um Leah takes a sip of her matcha and she flashes her mug and the camera and it said generator was this cute little mug. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have that mug. Austin bought it for me for Christmas last year, except the projector one. And she goes, I designed this mug. This is my like, (laughs) this is my brand. I guess Austin found on Etsy, which one, he's so cute. I love him. I like love that so much. Good for him. And she went and looked at her Shopify and it was like Austin Silvoy. So a year ago, Austin bought me her mug and we just connected on Instagram a month ago um, to set up this interview. So I don't know. It was just such a weird little like wink. I love when stuff mm-hmm. like that happens because you know, it's like, okay, we're supposed to be here. Like, yeah, that's how I always take synchronicities. It's like, yes, this is exactly where we're meant to be. <laughs> 100%. I do not believe in coincidences at all. Like it's always one of those things where it's like, this was designed to, you know, sort of happen. Yeah. Love oh, I love that so much. I'm so happy. Um, okay. Let's talk about, let's tell them some of the fun, like woo woo things too. Cause you know, we got to, yeah. how you said, um, or a lot of people are saying they feel like they have energetic gifts. Where are some parts of their chart that they could explore? You know, like how you said my gate 61 or I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Some, are there any fun ones? Yeah. Well, I mean, every, there's so many gifts just within your chart. I mean, just being whatever type you are is a gift mm-hmm. and um, you know, there's so many different areas to look at your strengths and weaknesses and in, in different parts. So 
you know, the first thing when you look at your human design chart, again, like it, it can be so confusing for people, but you know, knowing your strategy and authority is important because if you know that, then that's going to help you get into alignment. And alignment is sort of the key here because, you know, we talk a lot about manifestation and sort of having that higher frequency. And when we're living in that frequency, it allows us to, you know, attract the things that were meant for us. And so when you use your strategy and authority, that's going to then lead you into being, if you're a generator, manifesting generator, you're going to be satisfied. If you are a projector, you're going to feel more success. If you're a manifester, you're going to feel peace. If you're a reflector, you're going to feel surprise. And so those are sort of those themes that if, that you are in alignment. And so it's kind of figuring out how to get into that place. And so that's going to help all of your gifts naturally shine. Mm. And so then specifically, like where we like to look is at channels, which are your most consistent gifts. If you have the human design app, it actually doesn't even cover channels, which um, I'm sure they're going to add, but channels are actually going to be the most important piece in terms of gifts. Channels are when two gates, which um, a lot of times are called gifts, are kind of joined together. And that's going to be like the number one thing that you want to know when it comes to your strong, consistent gifts that you have. So, you know, specifically... I keep calling you Anna and then AG, but do you go by like a certain like AG, Anna Grace, Anna? Call I don't me know, like... AG, Anna Grace. A lot of people, when they first meet me, call me Anna. It's totally normal. You can call me AG. Like it doesn't matter. I'll answer to it all. You're perfect. Okay, perfect. So like within your chart specifically, like one of the really cool gifts that you have is this um, channel of spontaneity. So it connects um, this gate 57 to this gate 20. And so you'll see it's connecting like there's a sideways triangle on the left-hand side that's called your spleen. And your spleen is about intuition and instincts and sort of survival. And when I see that connection all the way up to your throat, it's basically um, someone who is gifted at expressing themselves in the moment. So you're really gifted at expressing what you think and why this is, is because gate 57 or gift 57, a lot of times it's called, is about basically having a really strong intuition. And it's about having this sort of like, you know, intuition that tells you like what to do within every moment. And so then it's connected to gate 20, which is basically called the gate of the now, which is just essentially like the present moment, like living in the present. And so like when these two connect, it's about having the ability to see what's happening before other people are made aware. And your intuition is directly connected to your voice. And it says what it picks up on instinctually and spontaneously. And so like one of your greatest lessons with this gift is ensuring that your audience is receptive to hearing what you have to say. Again, kind of goes back to that projector piece. Mm -hmm. So each channel has its own flavor and this is a projected channel. Now you can have this channel without being a projector, but the energy works very similarly where it's like you really want to wait for invitations or you want to wait for people to... um, you know, you instead of blurting something out in the moment, it's like you want to make sure that people are receptive to hearing it and hearing what your intuition says. Really great if you're doing like readings or sessions with people. I don't know if you do like one-on-one work, but those are obviously like great invitations. People are inviting you in and, you know, paying you to deliver information to them. So that's really great. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cause I, I do feel like I get a lot of like channeled information when I record podcasts too, like in the moment, like I kind of just like start yeah. recording and then I get like little like ideas that like spontaneity piece, you know, like I 100%. Like it's often when I'm like speaking or when someone asks me a question, I'm like, oh, and I just kind of get it. You're like, wait, let's talk about that. Like I have this like thought. Well, and it's really healthy for you to share what comes up in the moment. It's really important that you do um, when it's invited in or like maybe you're like, oh, do you want to talk about this thing? You know, you can again, ask your, ask your audience to see if they're ready or you're, you know, whoever you're interviewing or, you know, whatever situation that really just allows your insights to be heard as wisdom. So they land really well. So that is one of the strong gifts that you have. And then you've got this other gift that I see up 
at the sort of the top area that's connecting your throat to your um, mind center. And this is um, called the channel of acceptance. And it means that you're incredibly gifted at organizing the fine details into a bigger picture. And you know what I love about this? Because we were talking before and you were saying stuff about like your imagination. This one is really about having a very visual mind and your visual mind can translate things to make sense for you. So, you know, you're someone who sees a hundred jigsaw puzzle pieces and you can see how they all fit together. Like you see the complete picture and then you take that picture and you translate it to the collective so that they can understand it. Mm -hmm. So you're someone who it's really healthy for you to organize teams, projects, people, businesses, and you have a sense for how organizations or things can be put together. So it kind of makes sense. Like what we were saying about, um, like even what you do, like I, I love kind of your, I feel like you and I have very similar sort of like purposes in the world because a lot of what I say is like, I love to redefine what people think about as like spirituality. And like, that's kind of what I feel like you do as well as because you break it down and you make it very like practical and logical mm-hmm. and not so like, you know, woo woo or out there. It can feel like a lot more digestible. And, and I think that's a lot of like kind of what you do get, like you're just gifted at that because you see how these things fit together rather than them being like, you know, these containers that, you know, we're kind of out there that people can't, you know, be a part of, right? Right. It's like, I do feel like there are like old systems when it comes to like spirituality looks this way and religion looks this way and this looks this way. And like, for me, I'm like, no, I see like all the parts, how they're all, like I see patterns amongst every type of, you know, modality that people, you know, experience faith. Like to me, I'm like, oh, I see how they're all connected. Like I I do feel like one of my gifts that I, I mean, without reading about it or anything, I just always feel like I see patterns in things. And so it's it allowed me to translate them into like analogies or like ways to explain things to people. So that kind of, that's really interesting. Okay, cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. The other areas you can look at are what defined centers you have. And defined centers are again, just whatever shapes are colored in because those are consistent energies within your chart. So for... For you, yours is, so you've got a defined mind center, which means that you have a consistent way of um, sort of taking in thoughts. You have a defined throat, which means you have a gift, defined sort of gifted way of speaking and expressing yourself. And then you have a defined spleen, which tells me that you have a defined sense of um, sort of like your well-being and you have a sense of intuition. And um, sometimes even like your immune system is sort of tied in here. It's like you have a defined way of how you um, can handle like instincts. And all the other areas of your chart are, are either undefined or open, which just means that these ones aren't consistent. You don't have these all the time. You are, you can become really wise in these other areas because you're picking up on that energy from other people and you're learning from it. You could be conditioned by it. Um, and then once you kind of go through this journey of deconditioning, you start to learn your lessons and sort of um, understand these areas. And so they become just you know places of wisdom. Cool. Yeah, I, I've always been um, more intrigued by the like open and closed centers because I didn't know a ton about that. So that answered a lot of questions too. And then what was the one that you talked about before? Like some people have, it was like gate 61. Yeah, because she was like, is there any way that you can see if someone's psychic within their chart? 
And, you know, I should, you know, say that number one, there's no real like definition that like, if you have this, you are psychic, but where I look is gate 61 and Neptune. And I saw that Anna Grace has that in her her subconscious part of her design. Her Neptune has the gate 61.1. So a lot of times, and why that is, is because it's this area where um, this gate is the gate of inner knowing. And so it's kind of like knowing things without being able to explain it. So that's Mm -hmm. where I see that. Um, The other thing is... Gate 57, which you have as well. And gate 57 falls in your earth, which is a part of your incarnation cross. Incarnation cross is like basically your energetic purpose. And so with that falling there, I mean, that's all about intuition and kind of just having like another sort of knowing of, I just kind of like instinctually know things without knowing why. So I see that kind of in both parts of your chart. Yeah. I feel like that was like before I had like a spiritual awakening, that was how it was. Like I always just knew things without being able to describe how I knew them, but I didn't think that it was anything other than just how I was. You know, I was just like, I don't know. I just know things and I can't explain how I know them. Uh, My mom is that way. And I definitely think a lot of my energetic gifts come through my mom's side of the family, like grandparents, mom, all of them um, have had some type of like supernatural experience, which I didn't know until I shared mine. So it's it's mm-hmm. been um, interesting to um, explore that. Okay, let's talk about the incarnation cross. Because yeah. I think a lot of people, if they're like, what is my soul's purpose or what am I here to do? That could be a good place for them to start. Is that correct? Kind of. I would just like, again, I would go to the strategy and authority. I know it's not like, it's not the most fun information in the beginning, but your strategy and authority is going to allow these things to naturally show up. And I do find people will be like, that just doesn't feel like me or they're not resonating with certain things because it's like, it's going to feel unfamiliar if you're not in alignment. And so it really requires being in alignment first, but the incarnation cross is where we look at purpose. Like when someone comes to me and they're like, I want to talk about purpose, I'm going to look there because that's your energetic purpose. Whereas like a lot of people, I think, think of purpose as like, you know, what's my career? Am I going to be a Am I going to be a teacher? I'm going to be a Akashic Records reader or, you know, right. am I going to be an astronaut? And the thing is, it's like you, when you think of your energetic purpose, it's, it's more so this is the energy that I carry with me no matter what I do, no matter where I go and, you know, who I see, who I interact with. And that's really going to be kind of like the energy that I carry. And so for, you know, someone like, when I look at mine, so mine is the left angle cross of defiance and the left angle cross of defiance is about like defying the odds, going against the status quo. Um, you know, when someone tells me to go right, I'm going left. And so it's like <laughs> being a little bit defiant. And I've kind of always done that in my life. Um, my entire life has been around kind of just going against the status quo. And, you know, specifically in my chart, like I look at our sun gate as an area where we're it's kind of like one of our greatest gifts that we carry. And, you know, for me, like that's in gate one and gate one is the gate of creativity. And so I've always been very like creative and use that as sort of like the way that I'm defiant. And for you, um, AG, yours is the, what is yours? Yours is the right angle cross of penetration. And this one is all about um, following your ambitions and getting straight to the point. So again, that like penetration is like being able to like kind of see through things and see sort of the bigger picture um, your energetic life theme kind of takes into a fact that you have this intuitive knowing you're able to like shock other people into new heights to become better versions of themselves. You also have this part of you that's like, 
wanting people to get started on things and you're really good at starting things. And so if there's like projects, like if you want to do something, you're like good at kind of like figuring out what to do to begin. Mm -hmm. And you also have this ambition to prosper. And so all of these sort of gifts come together and they make you someone who is, you know, really good at just following your, your ambitions and um, getting to the point of like, you know, whatever it is. And another part about your life path is that it really does involve being totally immersed in deep, deep self exploration and learning to live as authentically as possible to who you are, because your experiences and wisdom are meant to inspire the rest of the world to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, that's something with you being like this right angle. That's really kind of tied to your purpose. Wow. This, Um, I'm just more obsessed with human design every single day. And and that makes sense because one, I love to explore all of this stuff and I have to tell someone about it, which is why I have the podcast. But I will say when I had a friend, my mentor, Kim, who's been on this podcast, she was the one that was like, I really just feel like you need to start a podcast now that you moved to Florida. When we had that conversation, I literally had a full-blown branding done podcast up seven days later. Like I just was just like, I just, I've always moved quick and... I remember sometimes my parents would call me impulsive when I was a child, but then as I've gotten older, I had a mentor that's like, you're not impulsive. You're just decisive. Like you just mm. go. And I was like, I like that. Like <laughs> That is that spontaneity channel. And I love that because a lot of projectors, like, you know, again, like you do need that rest, but I think specifically in your chart, and this is why it can be so good to have a reading and sort of synthesize all these things together is because, you know, for someone like you, like you have that instinctual authority, that instinctual intuition that basically says like in the moment, like if you get that spontaneous urge or it's like, you have to act on it because Mm -hmm. instincts, anyone who has instinctual authority, your instincts speak to you and they they leave just as quickly. So if you do not act, you're going to lose it. So write things down, um, you know, act on it right away. And I always tell projectors, you know, if the energy is there, use it. If the energy is not there, then, you know, don't force yourself. Don't push yourself. You're going to feel incredibly bitter if you do. The more that you just kind of, you know, when the energy shows up, when you kind of get this idea, because the invitations follow you when you're um, mastering your craft. Like when a projector is kind of doing their thing, they're really good at devising systems when they're kind of focused on what they love to do. Invitations start to follow without you even trying. So I love that story because I just think that's perfect and such a great example of your instinctual authority. And then sort of that like, gift of um spontaneity is like like in the moment like knowing and like right now I gotta like go do this thing and I'm just gonna go after it within seven days like who launches a podcast in seven days like that's insane crazy people me yeah (laughs) I know I know I was like I was like you know what whatever I'll just record a few episodes and just see how it goes and here we are but also okay you said bitterness we've got to talk about the not self theme because we haven't touched on that and that's a that's another like big one that I think comes up pretty quickly that people are like that's a really good one to know when you're not in alignment yeah Okay. So when I do a reading with someone, if you sign up for a session with me, if you buy one of my guidebooks, this is like printed in there. The first thing I will tell you is to focus on your signature theme and not self theme. I call these your alignment themes or misalignment themes. Mm. And so when you are in alignment as a generator, you're going to feel as a manifesting generator and generator, when you're in alignment, you're going to feel satisfaction. When you're out of alignment, you're going to feel frustration. If you're a projector, when you're in alignment, you're going to feel success. When you're out of alignment, you're going to feel bitterness. When If you're a manifester in alignment, you're going to feel peace. When you're out of alignment, you're going to feel anger. When you're a reflector, you're going to feel surprise. When you're in alignment, you'll feel disappointment when you're out of alignment. And so knowing those two things alone is so crucial because 
what I offer to people is sort of like a five minute journal where, you know, every single morning, if you think, okay, like one going into your day saying what's going to satisfy me, make me successful, uh, you know, bring me peace or pleasantly surprise me, like thinking about that in the morning. And then at the end of your day, which is the most important part is saying, what did satisfy me? What did bring me success? What did make me feel peace? What did make me, you know, or what did pleasantly surprise me? And then also what made me frustrated or bitter or angry or disappointed? And every single day, if you can kind of think about those things, you can start to form a list and you can go, okay, these are all of the things that made me feel successful today. And then you can go back to your strategy and authority and go, when did this show up? Was I... So like, for example, if yours was success, what made me feel successful? You're a projector. So you would go, what... Like, what did I, when did that decision show up? Was I invited? Where was I recognized when this decision sort of appeared? And this can be as small as like, you know, you grabbed coffee with a friend or you like made a big like business decision or you made like plans to go on like a major trip or something. Like it could be really any size of a decision, but think about when that decision came forward and how you listen to your intuition or your authority when making the decision. And so you can start to really notice how this muscle works within your body and feel into that. So that's something that I did when I first got into human design was like, okay, what satisfied me today? Was I listening to my gut for those things? Yep. And how did that feel? Mm -hmm. And then everything that frustrated me, it's like, was I trying to be smart? Was I trying to build logic into this? Was I trying to do, you know, what someone else did and thinking that's going to bring me satisfaction? Was I, you know, prioritizing someone else's success or satisfaction above my own? Was I not listening to my intuition? Was I like, you know, giving myself too much, like for me, because I'm not supposed to make decisions over time. Was I giving myself too much time? Or, you know, someone who has emotional authority, it's like, was I, you know, did I not give myself the time? So there's different ways that you can um, sort of like work through this. But the most important part is it's helping you figure out where, do, what decisions are you making in alignment? Which ones are you not? And thinking about when that comes up. And when you start to identify what that looks like in your body, that's when you can sort of get your subconscious on board where you can start making decisions from that place without even trying. So that's sort of my uh, number one thing that I tell people a lot. Wow. You're so well-spoken on this. I just have to compliment you. I'm like, yes. Everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, yes. Air, I'm fist pumping. I'm like, that's it. That's, that's the juice. Because ultimately, oh my, my purpose with creating AG University is that this is a school to reconnect people with their intuition so that ultimately they do the thing. Whatever the thing is, the thing that makes them happy, the thing that makes them feel lit up, the thing that makes them feel in alignment, like that's the whole purpose. And so I feel like yep. giving people tools, checkpoints, that's all we need mm-hmm. sometimes, some checkpoints. And I know personally, when I moved to Florida, I, I had a few months where I had to just reconstruct my business and reconstruct my business because we had moved twice. There was just so many obstacles. And I was catching myself in that bitterness. Like, and I Mm -hmm. knew I went and pulled up my human design chart and I'm like, my not self theme is bitterness and frustration. And I I could feel it. And I, of course I, I tell Austin, he doesn't really know his stuff, but I'll be like, listen, I'm feeling really bitter lately. And like, we need to talk about it because (laughs) I need more. Cause we kind of came to the conclusion that like, you know, in Nashville, I had my whole identity, my whole life outside of him. He had his whole life. And then we just kind of beautifully came together. When we came, when we moved to Florida, it was like we had to smush everything into one on top of, you know, moving, I quit drinking, just a lot of things. And I, I was like, I need like my identity. Like, you know, I, I'm going to get like an office space. And like, I just needed 
more like me time to explore these things that I'm so passionate about. Like, I don't want to force it on him. And granted, that's not fun to force your passions on someone. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, no one, no one likes that. Um, but I was just like, I, I had all these friends who like, we would get together. I have my dream circle in Nashville and I have my human design friends and friends I did readings for. And I had all these people and then I moved to Florida and it was gone and I was kind of bitter. Like, and yeah. he would go hang out with, you know, his friends and all these things. And I'm like, oh, I don't have people that understand me right now. And it's, I'm mad. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was, I did not realize I had to separate. Am I mad at Austin or am I mad about, like, I haven't really put myself out there to try to make friends in a, in a community, you know, like it's a good checkpoint when you are feeling you're not self-themed because ultimately in some way we're out of alignment. And I sometimes want to point a finger and blame someone, but it's no one's fault, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's just like an example for you guys listening. If you want to go in and check out your, your alignment themes, because you can pretty quickly, if you're honest with yourself, decipher, okay, what's actually really going on here? Why am I feeling bitter and frustrated? And also yeah. like, yeah, well, you don't leave the house ever all day long and you just work all day. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are literally the same person as I am. Like everything <laughs> you're saying, I literally feel like I literally did the same exact thing. Like I've been through the same process in my life. You've been moving a lot recently or you guys have moved around a bunch. Tell us about that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, so my partner is a travel nurse. So we moved to... I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Toledo, Ohio. Um, I'm from a suburb outside of it in Michigan. Um, people forget that Toledo is like on the Michigan-Ohio border, but I'm from Michigan. Because <laughs> people are always like, are you from Ohio or Michigan? I literally have no idea. I'm like, well, Toledo is like the nearest city, but like I'm from like a right outside of there. It's like two seconds away. But um, yeah, so we're from there. And then we moved out to California. I live in Orange County. And we were we moved out here for about seven months. We moved back to Ohio. We moved to Columbus, Ohio. And then we moved back to California in January, 2022. And we've now just moved to Newport. So we're like kind of here. I mean, I don't know how long we'll stay in California or you know if it's forever or what. But so yeah, so no, I resonated with your story so much where it's like, you know, sort of that community aspect. Like I totally feel that when I moved, it was like, I don't really have sort of like my, you know, people, like I kind of had like my my groove sort of down. And I, like you mentioned dream circle. I literally just launched a business called soul healing circles where I do circles here on the beach. (laughs) Oh, I want to (laughs) come. Yeah. And you know why I started it was because honestly, like I had been searching for a spiritual community here for so long. And I even tried to do like a yoga training that I ended up dropping out of because I just was not finding my people. And I do have some friends up in LA, but you know, like that's still like a 45 minute drive for me. So it's like hard to get up that way. So here it was like challenging for me to really find like the people that I wanted to vibe with. And so I just sort of started the circle company. Like literally I've done two of the circles. So it's not something like I'm, I'm established totally in, but I plan to do them like twice a month. So if you're in Orange County and listening, like definitely join me at Newport Beach Lifeguard Stand 40, new and full moon. But it's like, you know, create your community, right? It's like, if you can't find it, you may as well create it because like, you know, we're going to have the energy to attract those things. So for me, I'm like, you know, people are going to show up and and be there for me at my circles if they, if they want to come. But if not, then like, you know, they don't, then like those aren't my people, right? So right, yeah. So I I totally was feeling what you're saying, just kind of like resonating with your story. Yeah, well, and and also too, thank you for sharing that because I've been looking into renting spaces to you know doing like a dance class and some other modalities, just like some fun, like with a little 
um, twinge of spirituality. You know, I want to do like some moving energy through the body stuff so that it's there, but I don't ever, like I said, I'm not going to like force (laughs) my spiritual practice on people, but Mm -hmm. I do think that all of my closest friends in Nashville, we had a deep spiritual connection to, um, and spiritual practice. So it's nice to have at least that they understand me or, you know, projectors want to feel seen, you know, for. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, I am, I took it as an invitation. I was like, you know what, I'm going to host an event and get some people together. So it's one of the many things that I'm, I'm cooking up as always. I've got my hands in a lot of jars, but we, this is everyone listening. If you're feeling like you don't, you haven't found your people, sometimes we have to go out and we have to, we have to host an event. We have to make it happen. We have to find them (laughs) because everyone's, everyone's looking, you know, like, especially the, the older you get in your twenties and the more you are interested in other things and life changes and our friendships even change. Like every seven years, there's like a cyclical kind of energy to it. Like we just move into new phases of life, you know, friends get married, they have kids, there are things that just happen and Mm -hmm. we can't, you know, it's easy for me to like retreat into my hole. Cause I am you know, energetically a little bit more maybe sensitive than other people. So like, I don't love to be out in the masses, but like, I need Mm -hmm. community. We all need community. Yeah. So anyways, I'll keep you posted on, on how it all goes in the coming months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I need to get down to Florida and make a trip that way. That would be so fun. Wow. Okay. Well, we're ending right at 1222. I love ending (laughs) on a good, uh, little, a little angel number. So, um, Thank you. You have explained so many things so beautifully and eloquently. I can't wait. We need to do this again. Please tell them where they can find you on all of your platforms and everything that you're doing. Yeah. So first and foremost, of course, I'm on Instagram. It's just the design of you. So at the design of you, find me there. And then I also have a podcast that I just launched this past October. So have some episodes coming out on that, which I talk a lot about manifestation and human design there. And then if you want to dive into your chart, there's a couple different ways to work with me. The first kind of place that people like to start is um, what's called your human design guidebook, which is a personalized 95 plus page guidebook digging into all of the areas of your chart. So it's kind of like this book, like basically written about you that I write. And um, then I also do one-on-one sessions. So if you want to have like a one-on-one session with me to dive into your chart, I have openings for readings and Let's see what else. Then I also have, if you want to become a human design reader, I mentor human design readers. And so I love kind of like teaching people to do this sort of work. And then the last thing is I have my waitlist open for a program where I'm going to be coaching you through your human design one-on-one for six months and diving into all of the areas to help you uncover decondition, get closer to your gifts, start to live into alignment and um, then manifest the greatest life that you could have ever imagined. So all of that is sort of available on my site and I will send Anna Grace all the links. And if you need any of that too, it's going to be linked in my bio on Instagram as well. So I look forward to working with any of you. (laughs) Yay. I know. I'm like, I'm excited for all of you guys. I'm going to, I'm going to get one of your uh, 95 plus books and I can't wait. I'm going to just, I'm going to eat that up. I can't wait to learn more about the channels. There's still, every time I revisit human design, I learn something new and that's, that's just so fun for me. Cause you know, I love that investigator in me. I got to keep going. I got to keep digging. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> oh, you're going to love it. It's going to be great. Okay. Well, Leah, thank you so much. I just adore you. You're welcome. Thank you. I adore you. 
as always, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you feel so called or if it feels aligned, I would love for you to leave me a review here. I always love reading your beautiful thoughts and messages. And also you can find me at Anna Grace Newell on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I will link all of my courses, AG University course curriculum in the show notes, along with if you're interested in booking an Akashic Records reading with me, my scheduling link goes out in my newsletter. It goes out once a month and it's completely free. I would love to have you there. As always, I'm a proud professor and you get an A plus for making it all the way through the end. Love you.